Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Hi, Brenton Ford here. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming podcast. This episode and the next two episodes are going to be part of a three-part series called The Truths About Swimming. I'm going to go into some of the things that I've seen work for athletes, swimmers and triathletes, what's worked for them to help uh, someone who may not be from a swimming background, what's made them reach an elite level with their swimming, and also you know, what hasn't worked for people, where have people gone wrong, where have people stopped swimming and why has it happened. So we're going to take a look at some of the truths about swimming. The first one is it will take time. You know, if you have a athlete who starts at a later time of their life, they're an adult and they're starting, and you know, after six months, twelve months, they're not at the level of someone who you know has swum all their lives and they get frustrated about it. But if you look at the work that someone who has swum from an early age has put in, you know, myself, I was up at four a.m. or four fifteen a.m most mornings of the week when I was in school, getting up early to train, going to the pool after school, doing seven, eight, nine sessions a week. And you know, you look at that as hours, it's more than 10,000 hours of work in the pool and swimming that you know, we're constantly focusing on your stroke and how it feels and you know, how the water's moving around your body. And you know, if you think about that, compare that to six or 12 months of two sessions a week, you know, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to quite get you to the level um, where someone who has started at an early age um, has got to. So you know, even if you can reach a really high level with your swimming if you start late, but it's going to take time and a lot of constant focus on your technique, work in the pool, thinking about all the different aspects of your stroke. So it's not just going to happen in six or 12 months. These things take years and it takes a lot of practice. So two, two swim sessions a week isn't going to cut it. You know, our rule of thumb is you need to be in the water at least three times a week. But if you really want to fast track your progression as a swimmer, if you can, can get in the water three or four or five times a week, you'll notice a huge benefit to how you're feeling and how you progress. Because, I mean, as, a, as an athlete, our, our coach would always say that if you take one week out of the water, it'll take you two weeks to get back to where you were before you, you stopped swimming. So uh, the same thing goes for even those swimmers who are, who are doing two sessions a week is, you know, if if you're taking five or six days out of the water, there's a good chance you'll feel like crap when you get back in after five days of no swimming because for whatever reason, you just lose that feel for the water where you feel like you can, you can hold the water, you're swimming fast and you're swimming comfortable. So you really lose that very quickly if you're not in the water on a consistent basis. So that's the first one is it will take time. So don't get frustrated if you're not quite where you want to be yet. You know, these things take a lot of time and you've got to spend the time in the water and you've got to spend that time focusing on your technique, thinking about what you're doing and looking to improve your technique and your fitness and all the different aspects of swimming that, that go together to make you what you are. The next one is there are physical limitations. So you know, not, many people, not many coaches, not many athletes talk about the limitations of flexibility, strength and fitness. So, but the reality is that there are limitations by for each of these things so i mean when we run freestyle clinics we do some flexibility tests um, with the athletes that come along and um, some you know maybe one in ten of the athletes can get to the required um, ranges with these stretches um, but 
but most people are well below it. And you know, that, that's, that's not a bad thing. It just indicates that you need to improve in, in that area of flexibility. And, and the good thing is, you know, it's an area of, um, it's an opportunity for you to find extra uh, speed in your swimming by becoming more flexible. So, you know, the reality is that you will be held back by how flexible you are um, through your shoulders, your lower back and all those sorts of things. So, you know, that is something that you need to take a look at. You can't just keep going to the pool swimming along and just hoping that you're going to get faster if you're not you know, able to get into the right positions in the water because you're limited by your flexibility. Same goes for your strength. So if you, you, know, if you can't do one pull-up or one chin-up, for example, then how do you expect yourself to pull through the water with a lot of power? You see a lot of the, um, uh, the pool swimmers like the Australian team, the, um, the American team, and, and all the elite um, national swim squads, they have a... Um, most of them will have a sort of benchmark with their chin-up or their, their pull-ups, and that's something that the athletes work towards is seeing how many pull-ups they can do in a row. And you get, um, you know, you get 100 freestylers, for example. You get some of the girls who can do more than 30 chin-ups in a row without stopping. So you know, that sort of strength through the shoulders makes a huge difference with, um, with how much power you can put into the water. So that's something else to look at if you haven't quite got that strength through the shoulders. And, you know, that's something that you lose very quickly as well, is that, that strength through the shoulders if you are out of the water for a long time. So flexibility, strength all plays a part as, as well as your fitness. You know, and most people are very fit, um, in particular triathletes. Most people are very fit when they come into the sport. But there is a, you know, there's something to be said for being swimming fit. Is it's it's a different kind of fitness than just being able to run for a long time or ride a bike for a long time. So you want to have that swim fitness, but that comes from regular, consistent training over a period of a couple of months. The next one is success is a habit and a process. So you know, if you look at the the top swimmers today or the the top triathletes, their training is a habit. So they know that. You know, every time they wake up in the morning, most of them will have the same sort of breakfast. They'll have the same sort of routine for most days where it's just a habit. So they're not really thinking about it. And it's like, you know, if you start anything new, if you're starting a new training program where before you haven't been training at all, it's going to take some thought and some real effort and energy just to get to those sessions. But after a couple of weeks of doing them and you're in the habit of actually just going and getting your training done, and you don't have to think about it, it becomes a whole lot easier. So as soon as you can make your training and what you eat and stretching and your strength a habit where you don't have to consciously think about it, then it's going to be much easier for you to reach that sort of success that you're looking for. And as well as it being a process. So, you know, if you, you look at um, you look at a lot of the top swimmers um, for who are teenagers, you know, the ones who are the the freak athletes, the ones who are you know, winning all the gold medals at the events, 13, 14, 15 years of age, the ones who have got that real talent, usually they're not the ones who will stick around to 18, 19, 20 years of age plus. And the reason is because they haven't really had to go through the process of becoming a, an elite athlete. You know, they they might have put in a bit of work at training. Some of them you know, will put in as much work as everyone else, but some of them, just because they've got that talent, they feel that they don't need to work that hard. So they haven't built in that process of going to training and working towards improving. It, it just happens for them. So be, be grateful that 
you're going to, that you might have to be working harder than some other people to to reach you know a certain speed or a certain level um, of swimming or, or, or triathlons. So success is a habit and a process. And the last one is, in order to swim faster, you've got to relax. You can't try and go harder, and you can't you can't go at it with real aggression in swimming because that's when you'll fatigue faster. But you'll also be fighting the water, and it doesn't mean that when you swim it's going to be pretty all the time. You know, especially open water, you're going to have to um, swim with a little bit more sort of punch and flow, and there is going to be water you know coming up from behind you when you kick in and it's not going to be super smooth the whole way but it doesn't mean that you can just thrash with your swimming you've really got to stay relaxed and be controlled in order to swim faster and as uh, as much as dichotomy as that seems compared to you know a lot of other sports where you can put in a bit more aggression you've really got to just keep relaxed to go faster as um, as silly as that sounds so they're the first four truths about swimming it will take time there are physical limitations, so you've got to accept it and then have a look at what you can do to turn those around. Success is a habit and a process, so you've got to put in the time and the work and it's got to be part of your normal everyday life, training and working towards whatever event you're working towards. You've really got to stay relaxed and be controlled in order to swim faster. This has been part one of the Truths About Swimming. See you very soon for part two. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.